Hello everyone, this is Thomas and Christine Erdos. And you're listening to Love's Fire. Welcome everyone. Welcome. Here we are for another episode of Love's Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're waiting for I I was... It's just a glorious pause. It was a glorious pause. (laughs) Uh, As we continue... Talk about his glory. Yeah, amen, amen. We're so cute. We finish each other's sentences. I'm just joking. I mean, kind of did, but he doesn't always like when I do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's good when it works out. And then when it doesn't work out, then... It's not good. Then it's not good. (laughs) We've made three years of marriage by the time you see this. What? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Continue on. <laughs> so, yeah, we just scratched the surface of his glory last episode. Right. And now mm. we're going to go deeper. What? Nothing. Nothing that needs to be said. <laughs> focus. Focus. Oh. We're about to talk about that. Kind of. Okay. So... We'll jump back in with Moses and uh, and then share a little bit about when he asked to see God's glory. Yeah. And uh, then about what what made Moses so special. How how did he experience God the way that he did? Right. And and why? Yeah. And uh, and we know that God's not a respecter of persons. Right. And so and especially now it's the new covenant. Under the new covenant, with better, better covenant, better promises. Yeah. With the blood of Jesus, uh, with His abiding Spirit, that'll never leave us nor forsake us. Yeah. We certainly can experience Him more in a greater way. Yes. And uh, so that's that's what we're going to talk about to inspire us and everyone watching and listening. Yeah. To continue on that journey, of yeah. of pressing into God, uh, not. Not from our own efforts, but from His grace and from rest yeah. in His love. Yeah. So in Exodus 33, um, this is after the uh, golden calf uh, debacle. <laughs> if you don't know about that, look it up. Yeah, I laughed, but it wasn't funny. Um, so, but the point is that Moses moved, created a tent the tabernacle of meeting outside of the camp now. And so, um, and in verse 9 it says, And it came to pass that when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, door and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. And so this is amazing. Uh, that God spoke to Moses face to face. And, uh, you know, we know there's many other stories of God speaking to, uh, to people face to face in the Bible, and then also in modern day. Um, and, uh, and so, um, yeah, I mean, 
even to unbelievers. Saul, <laughs> you know, right. God spoke to Saul face to face, although he couldn't see him because he became blind. Yeah. Um, but he could see the light anyways. And, uh, you know, he spoke to, uh, to Joshua even, uh, you know, it says mm-hmm. the angel of the Lord spoke to him, which, you know, is God himself because, uh, he didn't, he accepted worship. Um, if I'm remembering that story, story, right? It says the captain of the Lord hosts, which anyway, so <laughs> there's different stories. Not sure. Um, but, uh. So yeah, let's just keep reading. So then Moses said to the Lord, See you, say to me, uh, see you, say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you. And so that's his goal. Like that's... Moses' heart is to know God, yeah. which is amazing that he's saying this after he already, <laughs> uh, you know, experienced God in such amazing, or like saw the glory of God in such amazing ways in yeah. terms of the 10 plagues, the splitting of the Red Sea, and has already been talking to him face to face, and uh, like, let that be uh, an inspiration to us all, Yeah, that if Moses could say, I want to know you. Right. After uh, all of that. Yeah. Then we can still desire more. Yes, to know him more because yeah. we can we can never find the end of God. Right. And it's not this Yeah, it's not that we're discontent, but we know that there's more. You know? Um it's not yeah. Yeah, and uh and we have and just to clarify what you're saying is like we have all of him. Like if we're saved, if we've given our life to Jesus, if he's our Lord and we've been filled with his spirit, yeah. then we have all of him. Like he's not holding anything back from us. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, we, we obviously get to grow in knowing him experientially right. uh, by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus. Um, and we get to know, grow in, in knowing him and, and experiencing him and walking with him and bringing him glory. Yeah. And so these are all things that we grow. You know, it talks about in Ephesians 4, about growing up into Christ in all things, into his knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you know, unity of knowledge and of him and growing up into him in all things. Yeah. And so, you know, there's an aspect of we have hit all of him and there's an aspect of because we have all of them, we want to know all of him. Right, right. By his grace. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, yeah. I mean, it's like a marriage. Like, we're married, yet we still want to have more time together. And we want to know more about each other. And so it's just like that. Like, yeah. are we fully married? Is there, like, is there any separation? Like, no, we're one. Yet we still want to be with each other and we want to know more about each other. And so it's just like that. We are married to God. Like, we're his bride. And so we want more time with him. We want more, we want to know more about him. And that's, yeah, that's a comparison that I like to think about. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight. Consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. So again, that connection between his presence and rest. Yeah. You know, in Acts 3, it says, uh, you know, uh, Peter said, you know, 
and I'm trying to remember it, but be converted and repent. And oh man, I'm, now I can't. Now I'm having trouble quoting it. So I'm just gonna jump there real quick. In Acts what? Acts three. And he says, "Repent." In verse nineteen, "Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord." Mm. And so again, this is uh, this is key. So he says, "Repent and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out." So change the way you think, uh, turn around and come to Jesus, that you're making your Lord essentially. Uh, you know, leaving every behind, everything behind, our old ways, our old life, uh, and our sins are then blotted out. You know, we quote this all the time, but it's so good. You know, Second Corinthians five twenty one that he who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's by His blood, by His sacrifice, by His finished work. That's how we can be holy and pure and blameless in His sight. That's how we can yeah. be righteous in His sight, right standing with Him. And that's the only way we can approach him. Yeah. And we can even approach him boldly <laughs> yeah. by his blood. And uh, with, with reverence, with honor, with respect, uh, but boldly. It says that in the, in the word of God. And so um, it's so important that that is our foundation. Like I remember talking to someone and, and they were saying like uh, something to the effect of, you know, they don't pray much, but then when they really need God, they don't want to pray because, you know, they haven't been praying. So why should, you know, why should he hear their prayers now since they hadn't been praying earlier, you know? And I I thought that was so sad because I was like, I told him and I was like, well, he doesn't hear our prayers because of how much we've prayed. Yeah. He hears our prayers because of Jesus. Right. Because we come to, there's only one way to the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. And then later he said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will do so that the Father might be glorified in the Son. This is all in John 14. And so that's why he answers our, God answers our prayers because yeah. of the blood of Jesus. Because we come to him in the name of Jesus. So when we pray in the name of Jesus... It's like Jesus is praying, and we know that God always hears Jesus. Yeah. So He always hears us, and He always hears our prayers as well. Yeah. And and that's the truth, regardless of what we've experienced. Yeah. When we stand on the truth, then our experience will line up with the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And so don't don't think about like, well, what about all those unanswered prayers? Like, well, don't think about the past. Think about the truth of God, the truth of God's word. Yeah. If you keep, if we keep thinking and dwelling, dwelling on our experience that doesn't line up with the Word of God, then we'll keep experiencing what doesn't line up with the Word of God. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, if we decide, regardless of what we've experienced in the past, that we will stand on the Word of God and thank Him for His promises and His truth and His love and His goodness, yeah. and then walk that out, then eventually our experience will line up. Because yeah. all His promises are yes and amen in yeah. Christ Jesus for His glory through us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good any more to add to that yeah i mean there's there's examples of um just like continuing praying like in uh i mean like in daniel when they ain't like the angel told him like i heard you as soon as you started but, yeah. and but there was a there was a a fight going on in the unseen realm 
And so it doesn't mean that things aren't moving when you pray. Yeah. And so, but you, you you keep praying, you keep going. And uh, like I believe you might have just said, like we're all growing up into Christ as well. And so there, there, there may have, I'm sure there's been times in your lives where you prayed for something and it didn't happen. Well, we're all still growing, but we have to allow the growth to happen and not give up. Yeah. Yeah. And so it says, uh, I think in Hebrews, um, I think it's Hebrews 6, where talking about Abraham and showing his example that he waited 25 years to obtain yeah. the promise. It says And it says, imitate those like Abraham, yeah. who it's through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Yep. And after he patiently endured, yep. you know, he received the promise. He received Isaac. Yeah. And that's faith and patience. So yeah. I just, for some reason, when you just said it, it really stood out to me. It's not just the patience. Like, okay, then I'll just wait. I'll just wait and see what God does. Like, but if you're waiting in doubt, that's, that's not what it says. It says through faith and patience. Yeah. And so continue in believing no matter how long it's taking. Yeah. And faith acts. Yeah. And faith speaks. Amen. And so in the waiting, we can act and we can speak. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was kind of a rabbit trail, but <laughs> I believe a blessed one by the grace of God. A glorious rabbit trail. A glorious rabbit trail. But it's, it applies to this too, because here we're going to have, we'll just keep reading and, and you'll see. So then, and then he said, verse 15, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For then... Will it be known that your people, then how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Yeah. This is amazing because... Like we said, you would think that he'd already seen the glory of God. Right. He'd already he's already talking to him face to face. Yeah. So man speaks to his friend, and um, but you, we have to understand that. <laughs> you know, it's like some people are confused about you know all the verses that talk about people seeing God, and then but then. You know, here in a little bit, he's going to say, you can't see my face. It's like, well, uh, isn't that a contradiction or how does that even work? It's like, okay, well, it's like this. I mean, this is an analogy that just came to mind. Like, have you seen the sun? Okay, everyone that can see, uh, just about, has seen the sun. (laughs) But just because you've seen the sun does not mean that you've experienced or seen it in all its glory. Yeah. You can't with your eyes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the only way you can Too even bright. look at the sun is with special glasses that dim it. Otherwise, you're going to hurt your eyes. And so we, it's like we can see the sun, but we can't see it in all its glory or it would destroy our eyes. Right. And in fact, if we really experience the sun in all its glory right next to it, it would destroy us as well. Yeah. And so it's like, that's kind of like an analogy of what God is like. I mean, he says yeah. he's a consuming fire. Right, right. Like we can see him to a degree and experience him to a degree. Like we can experience the warmth of the sun on a nice right. sunny day, which is amazing. Yeah. But you definitely wouldn't want to be 
right next to the sun. It would right. no longer be a pleasant feeling. Yeah. In fact, it wouldn't be any feeling because you'd be instantly burned up. <laughs> um, right. So it's like that's what God is like as long as we're in this these earthly bodies. Right. As we can't, we can experience hints of Him, yeah. but not as full full glory and still live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's even in some of the descriptions of glory is brightness. Yeah. Just like the sun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So it's just so good. So anyway, we're gonna keep reading. So he said. Please show. So you can still see God, but not all of God. Yeah, not not in this life. You're not in these bodies until we, you know, receive our uh, new bodies. And so, uh, in verse eighteen, he said, "And please show me your glory." Then God, he said, "I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious." And I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see my face and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. Isn't that amazing? He shall, the only way you could see God's glory is by standing on the rock. And who's the rock? It's Jesus. Jesus. Wow. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and I'll cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I'll take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Mm. Like how amazing is that? And then it says, you know, the next chapter in verse 34 or chapter 34 verse um, Mm. uh, 29 says, Now it was... So, when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him, talked with God. So, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Mm. Wow. Wow. So good. Can I read something? Yes. Right here, they have a... um. It's just kind of also breaking down what Thomas just read in Exodus 33. And um, it's like commentary in the book, in the Bible we have. And it says, Lost in his wonder, growing in knowing. Moses' passionate plea to see God's glory is one of the most intimate encounters ever recorded between God and a human being. His request is not for a display of God's power or even the warmth of his presence, but he hungered for something more. Moses wanted an intimate knowledge of God himself. Mm. That is why God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock and manifested his glory. So Moses was not only exposed to the light of the divine afterglow, but enraptured by the fullness of his person, his Mm. character, as the one who is compassionate, gracious, and just. Yes, Moses had received God's promises, seen God's power, and been guaranteed God's presence— But Moses wanted God's person, Mm. the only reality that will ever evoke a lasting sense of wonder and fulfill with lasting satisfaction. Wow. I thought it was (laughs) that incredible breakdown of what you were talking about, of just what he had experienced, but what he longed to experience. He wanted to know where the fruit was coming. Like he wanted to know God as a person, not just see what he could do. Yeah. Which is even what God says about the, between the Israelites and God, how they knew 
his ways. No, the, the Israelites knew his acts. Yes, but and Moses. Moses knew his ways. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Hmm. So good. Go ahead. I was just like, I had to read that. Yeah, so then like the question in my mind comes up of like, okay, so Moses experienced all this, these amazing things and more. I mean, we've only scratched the surface of yeah. <laughs> what Moses experienced. Um, you know, there's Numbers 12 where God defended Moses uh, personally and, uh, you know, other accounts of God defending him and, and talking about him and all these different things. And so it's like, what made Moses special? What can we learn from Moses? Yeah. And because we know that all these things were written for edification, like for so we can learn from them. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, anyway, Second Timothy 3.16, I believe, uh, that says that. And so, um, so it's really interesting to uh, think about. And there's two, two places that I think break it down. Uh, that came to mind. One is Acts, um, and uh, Acts seven, where Stephen is preaching, mm. and uh, he talks about Moses among other things. Yeah. And so, um, somehow I got to John seven <laughs> instead of Acts seven. How did this happen? <laughs> wow. But listen to this. I just happened to see this. And John seven eighteen says, <laughs> He who speaks from himself. I think that's the same verse that caught my eye when I looked over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's highlighted. So that's probably it one reason. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's highlighted for good reason. Yeah. It says, And he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. Mm. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness in him. What? Did not Moses give you the law that <laughs> none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? Wow. Um, and then it goes on. Wow. It does talk more. Okay, well, let's but just anyways, keep, let's, yeah. we can keep reading. And the people answered and said, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Isn't that telling that people, you know, the creator of the universe walks in human form and they say you have a demon. Right. Um... So if they said stuff like this about Jesus, how much more will they say it about us as his followers? Yeah. And this is as Jesus is even talking about glory. Yeah. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses... Um, should not be broken. Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And so, yeah. And so we have to, do you have anything to add on that? No. Well, and then even later in the chapter, it says more says more but anyway <laughs> we'll we'll move on let's judge with righteous judgment yes and uh so it's i was gonna say one thing is we can't you know i've heard some say like we can't manufacture like different things and it makes me think like we can't manufacture his glory but we can prepare for it and like moses we can listen and obey 
when we know what he's calling us to so that his glory can be seen. So, yes, we might not be able to manufacture his glory, but we can make a way for, like, make a, 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 like make room, make ourselves ready for it. Yeah. And so in Acts 7, verse 22, I'm just going to jump in. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed, verse 25, for he supposed that his brethren would understand, uh, would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. Isn't that amazing that Moses in his heart had already that God would use him to deliver his people. Yeah. And, but the problem is, is that he tried to do that in his own strength. Yeah. And so that's where we have to be careful of like so many people have, um, you know, in their hearts in one way or another of what, you know, God has called them to do, but we don't want, we don't want this. We don't want, you know, any Ishmael's, so to speak, of yeah. trying to do things in our own strength when we actually should just yeah. wait and trust God and do what he's told us to do. Yeah, and just like what you read in John, do it from a place of seeking God's glory yes. and not our own. Yeah. Because if we do it in our own strength, then who gets the glory? Us. But if we do it relying on God's strength, he gets the glory. Right. Yeah, and of course, you know, He's the only one that could do what he's called us to do in fullness. Yeah. But we could trick ourselves and say, think that we did what yeah. he called us to. Well, think literally in Moses. In our own strength. Right. Like Moses killed an Egyptian and you would think, oh, he delivered, an, he delivered an Israelite in that. But God wanted to do so much more and did do so much more where he delivered many more than just one and took out many more than just one Egyptians. Yeah. And then just for the sake of time, I'm going to skip to verse 35 and it says, so... Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one who God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the name, by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Wow. So isn't that amazing? And just one, that Moses knew what he was called to. Yeah. He just didn't know the how or the when. Yeah. And that's where he got it wrong in the first place. But then also yeah. that the devil apparently knew what he was called to and spoke the opposite as early as possible. Yep. And that's true for so many people is yeah. that God has a calling on your life. Right. Whoever you are listening and watching, he has yeah. an amazing destiny and purpose and a plan for you. Right. Uh, in him, first of all, to know him. That's yeah. the most, that's the greatest calling and the greatest plan. That's the calling for every person to yeah. know God first of all and to yeah. love him and be loved by him yeah and then to love others and and how we walk that out in terms of, of our vocation can look many different ways yeah but so many times what God has called someone to that's where the greatest attack comes yeah. through the words of other people sometimes well-meaning people sometimes not yeah <laughs> um but it's it's crazy to think uh, about all these different things. And so just know that whatever the devil has spoken over you or whatever people have spoken over you that doesn't line up with the word of God, the will of God, the love of God, it's not from him. 
So just thank God for the opposite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and praise Him for that and watch Him do it in your life as you as we rest in Him. Yeah. And just to reiterate what Thomas just said about how how our greatest calling is to know God, see that in Moses' life. Even as he was walking out what he was called to do and already had seen so much, his desire was to still know God. So just just like be encouraged by that, that no matter what we could accomplish for God, think about what Moses saw and yet he was still not satisfied unless he knew God. And so let that be an encouragement to all of us, whatever we're trying to accomplish, to know that it's not going to satisfy if we don't know God. And so to really know that that truly is a calling in our lives. And it doesn't mean it, we don't have other callings with that, but they'll be empty without knowing him. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing compares. Yeah. Our calling, you know, our so-called calling does not compare to knowing him. Yeah. And so it just, nothing does. And so uh, I'm just going to plan to read at least one more scripture. Uh, just talking about this again of like, so what can we learn so far is that, um, so think about it. So then he fled 40 years. He was in the desert, the wilderness. Yeah. We don't know all from the Bible. At least we don't know what he did in that 40 years, but we know how those 40 years ended. Yeah. With him shepherding not even his own flock, but his father-in-law's flock. Mm. So think about this, that at 40 years old, he was like, knew, like he was educated, had the best education, had everything in the world at his disposal, like at his fingertips, as yeah. a royal son uh, by adoption at least. And, um, and then 40 years later, Instead of walking out his calling, he's shepherding his father-in-law's flock. Yeah. Think about the breaking that would cause in someone. Right. And I think this has a large part to do of what, like, God is so amazing and glorious. Like, this brings me so much hope <laughs> that he he could screw up so badly. Think, think about it. Moses was a murderer. Like, we don't think about that often like we just think that Moses was this great man and he was by the grace of God but before he did great things he was he made huge mistakes right he murdered a man yeah with good intentions but it was still murder yeah and it was not God's will yeah and uh and so uh but that I believe that brought him to a place of brokenness and humility yeah that actually was part of the preparation for what God called them to do. Yeah. And so God truly can work all things together for good. Yeah. Uh, because we are called according to his purpose. Yeah. Uh, because we love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And so whatever mistakes you've made, whatever mistakes we've ba- made, like don't dwell on the mistakes. Repent, yes. ask forgiveness. You know, if there's anything we need to do in terms of restitution, reconciliation, like let's do it. But let's not dwell on on yeah. the past, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And the author of Fish for Our Faith and know that, you know, Moses didn't start his ministry till he's eighty. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's other men and women of God, you know, um, that didn't start their ministries until their fifties or even right. later. Right. Uh, that were amazing yeah. men and women of God and so Yeah. Don't let don't let failure keep you back because so many people didn't start off perfectly. So and if they would have let that keep them keep them back they never would have accomplished anything like Moses yeah and so so in Hebrews 11 
It says um, in verse 24, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to joy the pass, passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Like how amazing is so that? Good. Of like, sorry. In terms of the, the the world, you people could say like, you know, he gave up everything. Yeah. Again, like I said, he had everything at his disposal in terms of what the world had to offer. Yeah. And he gave it all up, and that could look foolish in the eyes of the world. But what did he get in return? He got God himself. Yeah. <laughs> and so whatever we give up for God to know him more yeah. is nothing compared to uh, what we receive in him. Yeah, which, which, which is eternal. Yeah, which is he's Never. eternal, and yeah. knowing him is eternal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we should close it here. So yeah. do you want to pray us out? Sure. Gosh, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your glory. Thank you that you that you have chosen us as your people to just share in this amazing life with you, Father. That we would bring many to your kingdom with us, God. That we would just allow your ministry to keep going in the earth, Father. Thank you that you've made us all ministers of reconciliation, yeah. Father. Thank you for the way that Moses, we have the examples like Moses um, and most of all, Jesus, who gave up yeah. everything to redeem us yeah. and make us one with you, Father, that actually the glory we get to experience now that the veil is torn is even greater than what Moses experienced. Yeah. Help us to all long for that and experience in that, Father, yes. that we wouldn't shortchange what our relationship can be with you, Father. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. All right, well, we love you. Jesus um, loves you. Yeah. He has an amazing plan for your life. Yes. Most of all, to know him. Yeah. So we encourage you to rest in his love and to, by his grace, to spend time with him in this secret place yeah. and let him show himself to you. Yeah. If we seek him diligently with all our heart, he will show himself to us. We will find him. Yeah. And he has found us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Yeah. So be blessed, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.